reading this morning comes from John chapter 16, starting to read at verse 12. Jesus said, I have much more to say to you, more than you can now bear. (coughs) Excuse me. But when he, the spirit of truth, comes, he will guide you into all truth. He will not speak on his own. He will speak only what he hears, and he will tell you what is yet to come. He will bring, bring glory to me by taking from what is mine and making it known to you. All that belongs to the Father is mine. That is why I said, the Spirit will take from what is mine and make it known to you. In a little while you will see me no more, and then after a little while you will see me. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. First, an apology of sorts. Usually, when I'm preaching, I get up here and I have my sermon all printed out. Today, I've got more scribbles than sermons. I think perhaps, ironically, in the last fortnight, I have left the Holy Spirit less room than I should. And he has prompted me this morning to say, just a minute, there are things I want to say here. So I've been busy scribbling them and moving bits. And if I stumble as I go, you will know why. How do we tell other people about those we love? How do we describe the character and life of a person? In December... As I was preparing for my father's funeral, I googled how to write a eulogy. And I got 20 million pieces of advice. (laughs) There were only three that were any use. Keep it brief, keep it personal, keep it positive. Sometimes keeping it positive can be very difficult. The people that we want to speak about may not have been easy. But for most of us, I guess, a eulogy is a chance to remember and savour a person, one that we've lost. And I guess, unless their faults are endearing ones, we will skate over them, we'll miss them out, we'll concentrate on the good stuff, because that's what we want to remember. Now this is something we're not used to doing in the ordinary rhythm of our life, looking for the best in someone. Isn't that a shame? My brother tells me, he said, and it really stuck in my mind, he said, it's a shame that the one time people are going to say nice things about you, you're not there to appreciate them. And even worse, you've probably only missed it by a few days. (laughs) But there are other occasions when you may need to talk about somebody you know well, where you have to be more honest and direct 
in your statements. You might be called as a character witness in a court case. And now, of course, you're promising to tell the truth, the whole truth, and nothing but the truth. That's not so easy. No kind words, no skating round the awkwardnesses now. In John chapter 14, Jesus promises the advocate. If you read a different translation, you might get a comforter, a counsellor, a helper, an encourager. Why have we got so many different words for this one Greek word, paraclete it is? Why so many different translations? Because it's a difficult word. It doesn't really mean any of those, not exactly. In ancient times, a paraclete was someone who came and spoke for you. <clears throat> it's a bit like a character witness, only it's a bit more partial, if you like. This is somebody who's agreed to come and support you. It's not an advocate in the sense of a lawyer. It's a friend, a patron, who is supporting you. That's the word that John uses of the Holy Spirit, the paraclete. And only John uses that word, this supporter, this character witness. Now, neither the eulogizer nor the court character witness could be said to be glorifying their subject. The eulogizer perhaps flatters by omission, missing out the less pleasant bits. The character witness is bound by oath to tell the truth about a subject who's going to be imperfect, bound to be, we all are. But the Holy Spirit comes as a character witness about Christ. And strangely, his honest, open testimony is truly a eulogy. Eulogy comes from two Greek words. You, meaning true or good. Logos, meaning word or speaking. The Holy Spirit is speaking truth about Christ. And strangely enough, of course, the Holy Spirit was promised when Christ left this world. So the spiritual presence, the Holy Spirit in us, is perhaps a spiritual compensation for Christ's physical absence. Let's just grasp that again. A spiritual compensation for Christ's physical absence. Christ is here on earth in physical body no longer, but his spirit is with us. Jesus told us the spirit is given to all believers without exception. And the spirit is given forever he is never withdrawn. His spirit is with us. 
Recently, I went to Jenny Hollinshead's funeral and Paul spoke the eulogy. I learned a great deal about a remarkable woman. Paul speaking witness to her life, her character, her history. And his own character was part of that witness. Not just his words, his whole character. Witness to her life and her love of Christ. And I realised that part of the power of a eulogy is in the closeness of the relationship between the eulogizer and their subject. And of course, the character of the speaker themselves. How easy it is listening to somebody talking about somebody we've lost and to have a little intimation of a particular trait of character or habit of living that suddenly conjures up the person to you and there they are in your mind, in your heart. Just like that. Just a little something. So it is with the Holy Spirit. His testimony is powerful because his relationship with Christ is close. It's so close. Their mutual knowledge, their mutual understanding is complete. And just as Jesus tells us when we read the Gospels, I do what I see my Father doing. I say what I hear my Father speaking. Jesus came to earth to bear witness to the love of his Father, to the character of God. The Holy Spirit comes after to bear witness to the love of Christ, to the character of Christ. It's a lesson to us of the closeness of the Trinity. Christ and the Holy Spirit know each other more closely than is humanly possible. There is nothing about Christ the Holy Spirit does not know. There is nothing about Christ the Holy Spirit does not withhold from us. Everything is available to us. And that Spirit teaches and guides us, testifies to the risen Christ. When we listen to a eulogy, we're subject to the abilities of the speaker a great orator may move us I come to bury Caesar not to praise him but the Holy Spirit has an advantage over the very greatest of orators he is in us what did Christ say? You will know him, for he lives with you and will be in you. He brings Christ into our midst. He brings Christ into our spirits and hearts. The spirit speaks to our spirits because he dwells in us. His revelation of Christ is continual. We're going to learn more and more. John tells of Christ saying in a little while you will see me no more 
and then in a little while you will see me. In a little while you'll see me no more, because I shall be gone from this earth. That's a literal seeing. The second seeing is a figurative. A little while later, the Spirit will come and live in you, and you will see me. You will see Christ, not with your eyes, but with your soul. So in the Holy Spirit, I think, we've got that perfect match. We have a eulogy <coughs> delivered by the Holy Spirit who knows Christ more intimately than we could ever hope. But we have a eulogy that doesn't need to skate round anything. It truly is you, Logos, true speaking, the perfect character witness who knows the full truth about his subject and withholds nothing. So there we have it. A witness who speaks to our hearts or to our souls is not bound by words, but speaks into our very being. A witness who provides a continuing revelation of Christ himself. And what is that revelation? We know well enough, but we need to keep saying it to ourselves. A God who loves us so much. He comes, spends time living and loving us in the land of the shadow of death. We live in that shadow. He came and lived with us. Living and loving. He lived here for us. He died here for us. Very unpleasantly. He endured the greatest personal cost. And why? Do you long to go home? For me, those words have such resonance. Till he returns or calls me home, here in the love of Christ I stand. That brings me almost to tears. That is the cost, that is the reward. And now we understand why the witness of the Holy Spirit glorifies Christ. Augustine in his writing said, the Holy Spirit pours love into our hearts. And that's how he does it. That is the love he pours in. The love that God, three in one, has for each and every one of us. That is the love that brings us to the point of knowing our Saviour. And knowing our Saviour can only elicit <clears throat> one sort of response. Praise and honour. Glory. That is how the Spirit glorifies Christ. He glorifies Christ in us and through us. Let's just pray a moment. Holy Spirit. Come now, rest within us, lead us to the risen Christ, to know him intimately, to worship,
praise and adore him, to pour out our thanks, to pour out our love, to glorify him only. Amen. <laughs>